Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries, a podcast about the interesting characters from our surveying and spatial industry and their unique perspectives on life and our industry. I'm Peter Cox and I use my 25 years of contacts as a surveyor and teacher to dig deep into the lives of others. Each fortnight, I delve into the life and times of people from all over the world who share the same profession and passion. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like, comment and feel free to share with your friends. Do you have a question about the surveying or spatial industry or would you like to join me for a chat? If so, send me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram so we can catch up. This week, join me for part one of my chat with Dave Iping from Iping Survey Group. So grab that drink, sit back and relax while we have that chat. Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries. Today my guest is Dave Iping. He refer, prefers to be called by his whole name, but I call him Dave. Dave is a mm-hmm. small business owner, Iping Service Survey Group, and Dave's claim to fame, I would say, is an Instagram influencer. With Ooh. a passion for his industry and his get-up-and-go attitude, Dave is building his brand and his businesses. He was born in a hospital somewhere in Sydney, grew up in Rudy Hill, New South Wales, and while growing up, he thought he may be a graphic designer or mechanic. Yet his only career began in surveying and he has been all over the world. Well, over the seas to England to work. (laughs) Possible speeding fine as he's won award uh, I hope he's learned his mistake from his mistakes there. When Dave isn't working, which he seems to do a lot of, he enjoys barbecuing, spending time with his wife and his beautiful daughters, and while the fast life of performance cars, drag racing, motocross and snowboarding are his go-to hobbies. Welcome, Dave, and thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you very much, Peter. I know it's been quite hard to tee this one up, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it has. You're so busy. <laughs> oh, oh, and then and tired. So I was just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it and be half like be like zonked and go, oh, like next question. <laughs> <laughs> That's all cool. So Dave, tell me a little about a little bit about yourself. So besides a hospital, where were you born? I uh, in Penrith, actually, out in the Riff, the Pain Hospital. Western Sydney boy all the way. Yeah, all the way. Yeah, can't take the boy out of the West, that's for sure. So, <laughs> so did you but, live um, far from, from Penrith or you pretty much grew up there? Yeah, I was in Rudy Hill. That's where I was like, yeah, grew up in Rudy Hill uh, for like until I was 13. And then dad had his own business. So, used to store all his stuff up my Nen's place, three doors up. And um, just kind of got to the point when he wanted some, he's either going to go buy a factory and run the business through that or, looking at property and then uh so that's when we moved out to Schofields uh still out west and mm-hmm. on property there so they could just run the business and use it use the use the land as like a lay down nice so, so is that yeah. where the motorbikes came from being on the that's land? where the motorbike yeah my dad's been riding motorbikes his whole life he's still a better rider than me um <laughs> he can't he's he's crazy but uh yeah he's the one that got me into him and once we got on the property it was he was itching to try to get a bike for me so yeah that's where it's all come from Awesome. And 
Yeah. That's pretty cool. I love, um, yeah, our boys have grown up with motorbikes as well. So I sort of know the feeling. They've, uh, well, two of my three, I should say. <laughs> One had no. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 I loved it. We used to go riding like up to Lithgow on the weekends and I used to go out with all dad's mates and I was like youngest by 15, 20 years, like getting kicked in the puddles and come over the top of the hill and they'll be waiting for you to spray you with cold, freezing cold water in the middle of winter. Like it, yeah, it made you hungry to become a better rider. Like then, so then every time we got a new mate that started riding later on in life, we'd all pick on them so bad and everybody would be like, why are you picking on them so much? I'm like, that's how it makes you a better rider. <laughs> so you've, you slowly uh, stepped up that ladder of uh, flinging the dirt on, on other people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and when I got to like when I was like eight just when I hit 18 I was like finally got a new bike and I was ready to like really get into it and then all of dad's mates just that was it they all started having kids and I look back and I'm like why did we all stop riding because then all the dad's mates were a bit younger and all started having kids yeah. and nobody had time so I was like yeah that's when we kind of stopped riding for probably a good 10 years I reckon or eight years yeah have you still got a bike now I just sold one actually uh, just to finish my car because again with the girls I don't have time to like mm. it's just a big effort to put them on a trailer and take them out in the bush but I use that money to finish off my car now so the car's finished and I can uh, I, would tr- I intend to take the girls for a cruise in that once I can get it a bit more quieter it's it's a bit loud at the moment and, and Marlo's like dad it's so noisy <laughs> <laughs> you know that feeling so, yeah. we used to have an old XB coupe and uh, our youngest yeah it was very noisy yeah. Yeah. And I swear, I don't know whether he's going to have issues when he. No, it's really funny. Yeah, no, it's good because Marlo comes out and I'm working on the car and she just comes, grabs spanners and starts trying to do what, like mimicking what I'm doing or when we're pulling tires off and doing stuff like she's right into it. And now she, and she just loves it. So it's really she's only three and it's good now that like she's getting into it and it's, it's just good time. Like you can check, keep her out there for hours. Just it's, yeah. it's, it's good. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad now she's got to that age where you can do things together and it's like, yeah, even washing the car, like you can wash it. She's playing with all the bubbles and she's just jumping in the buckets and just doing like, she was doing um like a snow angel or like, oh. a, like yeah, yeah. Cause in all the suds, she's just there like laying down in the suds and it's not, it's freezing cold. It's still not summer yet. It's still cold. And you're just like, come on, we'll get you in the bath. So yeah, it's funny. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. So, Dave, so you said your dad had a business. Um, what do you yeah. think? He's still got, still got it. He's uh in the his swimming pools. So he okay. um he's a carpenter by trade, mm-hmm. also a brick, also a bricklayer. Yeah. He's kind of one of them. He's kind of he's Mister Handy. He can kind of do anything. Yeah. You know, so he's yeah. yeah. And um so like yeah he does. He's been doing swimming pools now for like thirty five years I think. And he's had his business for yeah he's had his business as long as I've been yeah as long as I, yeah thirty four yeah thirty four years he's had his business for pretty much when I was born he started the business. Oh. Uh, yeah, and um, he's got zero advertising. It's it's all word of mouth, and he's got this, a list of so many people that like he like he doesn't even have to look for work. And then yeah, yeah it's and now it's it's gotten to that stage now. And coming in the summer, he's just he's flat out again. Like he work, he works six days a week still, and he's sixty two. And I'm just telling him you got to calm down. You got to <laughs> you got you don't you don't need all these clients. Like you got to not saying slow down and get rid of the business, but just grab what you grab your, your good clients you know the, the yeah, jobs you enjoy yeah yeah, yeah. So, so did you used to go and help him 
Yeah, all the time. Yeah, at a young age, he used to just take me out on school holidays. We used to go out all the time, go help him and just go out all day. And, yeah, I think I never I never forget, like, falling in the pool so many times, like trying to scoop up leaves and hitting something and you'd fall in the pool. And, yeah, it was always had a, he always had a spare change of clothes with him for me. And, you know, it was good fun. Like, yeah, yeah, you look back on that and he still, like, I still – when I was um even when I got old even when I was older I used to go work with him on Saturdays and mm. help him out here and there and then um when I like yeah I've always worked with him I've kind of worked with him all the way through my whole life until about uh, maybe about a year ago I've, okay. the business got quite busy and then like not saying I work with him heaps but like it'd be like once a, once a month or once every six weeks you help him out on the job and um, on the bigger stuff. And but yeah, the last year I haven't been able to help him. But my brother-in-law um, goes out with him still to help him on certain jobs. But yeah, it's um, when the business was a lot younger and a bit more quieter. There was always a day or day to day or day here or there. Not every week, but there was always something I could kind of go out and help him. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, it makes it so, it makes it hard when you've got your own business, doesn't it? No, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Um, it's, yeah, it was it was good to be able to like have a bit of like that kind of work here and there, and it's always good working with the old man. Like we get we're like best mates, so it's just easy to we're just chatting all day and yeah, just mucking around and joking. And you wouldn't think that like he's just into it as much. Like he's just all in. Like I bring him with me everywhere. If we go out for a cruise in the car, I go meet all the boys. Like you can just leave him off with all the other boys, or he's just he's just happy to chat and very it's kind of similar to me. Like loves to chat. He loves it, <laughs> loves it. But yeah, it's probably where I've got it. So. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, I'm, I've got to getting all these bloody notifications. I'm going to just try and see if I can get the uh, do not disturb on, and then I can cool. come back. Yeah, here we are. There we are. <laughs> there we are. So, what attracted you to surveying? When did you actually begin your career? um pretty much after school uh i had no idea what surveying was never seen a surveyor working on the side of the road didn't even know what a survey mark looked like you know like some people like would know like they'd see someone behind an instrument and go oh yeah i've seen them like yeah. i'd never seen one ever ever, ever. And, I look, and i try to think back being younger and i just nah you just never yeah so yeah, mum pretty much like i was going to be i wanted to become a, like a graphic designer and yeah. a careers advisor pretty much flat out said to me like there's no career for that you won't find any work pretty much talked me out of it so I left finishing my HSC not knowing what I wanted to do like Mm -hmm. if it was going to become a mechanic or what I really didn't know what I wanted to do and then mum was like what about surveying so I didn't really know much about it she's just like oh they build airports and do bridges and it's like an inside outside job and I'm just like yeah I don't know like maybe yeah what like what what's that and then and then my auntie seen some like surveyors working on the side of the road and um, got a card and I rang them up and pretty much the day after I finished my HSC, I went in for an interview and then the next day, pretty much they offered me a job as a Cheney and that was it. I started working like two days after my HSC. So, wow, then, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So then I got a good feel for it for like six months before um, TAFE enrollment. Yeah. And and then, um yeah, funny story about TAFE enrollment. We kind of got there like to tape to enroll uh and i think not that i got there late but they told you when to come like they you know they give you a set time saying this is the enrollment yeah yeah yeah. so 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 of course you rock up at that time and Mm -hmm. there's a queue of 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 guys like 60 deep there's 60 guys like lined up to go in 
wow. And they pretty much they pretty much flat out said to us like they're only taking one class and you can you can do it you can do it part time or you can't you can't enroll this year. That was it. They pretty much said that to me like when I was there. Yeah, right. So then, what year was that? Uh, two thousand and four. Okay. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand four. Yeah, so I finished in two thousand three. Yeah, two thousand four. So then I'm on the phone to mum, going, "Mum, they won't bloody take us in." Blah 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 blah. Oh, get put someone on the phone. <laughs> Give me someone on the phone. <laughs> and then so mum, I'm given the phone. I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I can't. I, I think I gave my phone to Grant Kilpatrick then. Oh yeah. Back in the yeah. Yep. So I'm pretty sure I gave it to him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I gave my phone to him. And then mum's on the phone going, "No, you got to take these boys in." Like he's waited for hours. Like mum's getting into it. Like tell her. <laughs> Can you imagine? Imagine Grant <laughs> taking that phone call. Oh, I know. <laughs> tell me about it. God bless him. And. um and yeah, it was. I'm pretty. Yeah, that's kind of. Either I she she phoned him then, or she might have phoned him after we enrolled. Either, yeah. I can't remember the whole story. It's so long ago now, but yeah. we, either, I remember we we enrolled, and then I know Mum had to make a phone call, and then so then they put on two classes for the first time ever. They put on two two full time classes that year. Yeah. Yeah. So there was like 60, 60 people, but within I never forget it. Within like a week, we had five or eight people drop out and then yeah. over the weeks the people that like I was yeah I was never great at maths but I think I started to understand it once we started starting surveying knowing that you could find ways and you were seeing where the where, where the problems were how that problems were getting solved yeah so so that's where like I was really and we had we had good teachers as well um I'm trying to what's his name buddy uh, Ian Sheeran, Sheeran, uh, Graham Hissy, yeah. Graham Peter, Hissy, uh, Peter Cook, Peter, Peter Cook, Dunn. yeah, yeah, um, Peter Dunn, yeah, Peter Dunn, yeah. I learned yeah, Dunny, so much Dunny from Dunny that. Were awesome. Yeah, Peter Dunn was like f- phenomenal teacher for maths yeah. because, like, I had, like, I'm telling you right now, I I used to jig <laughs> double period maths whole through year twelve. Like, I did not get it. <laughs> I hated, I hated maths. I absolutely hated. It. I love doing visual arts and like woodwork. Yeah. Just hands on and just yeah. like, I hated it I absolutely hated it because I could never tell I just feel like the curriculum was so curriculum was so bad like it was just no mm. I, for me it, it just didn't click and then and then once it was that like, tape yeah it was just yeah it was just a, like it just you understood it so well and, you knew um, there was yeah. a, a formula to work out a problem to get an answer yes yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and then you knew, uh, and that answer was relative to your to what you were trying yeah. to learn to become so that's why yeah yeah, I was pretty much the same. Year 12, I was, you know, paying tutors to sort of sit, you know, in that middle of the two units um, mm. just to to pass maths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arts and all that sort of stuff was my my uh, forte as well. So, yeah, going into a surveying career, I sort of say to people, well, you don't have to be good at maths, but you have to mm. understand that Stand. there's a process and if you yes. process, then you'll be fine. Yeah, that's that's the thing now. I think now, especially with the technology, it's so like it was kind of still coming into the, the technology was kind of coming in in 2003, but now you are flooded by it. Like there's no, there's, I remember never forget, they used to tell us to tape, oh, when the power goes out, you want to be able to still grab your calculator. Mate, if the power goes out, your laptop's going to last for six hours. You, you're sorted. <laughs> don't, don't worry about the power going out. So we still so used to tell them that. Well, up until I left, they have to oh. understand what they what the computer or the calculator is coming up with. Yeah, and I and I do like I, I've I've forgotten a lot of like a lot more stuff oh, now. Yeah. Like I feel yeah, and I've gotten 
Like my, I feel like now because we're so busy, like even just basic stuff in my head now, like I just don't do it anymore. Like I never forget, you used to run numbers in your head all the time. And I never forget like getting the calculator out and calc and set outs and boundaries all out in the field. You'd be there for hours just doing it. Like I couldn't think of anything worse now trying to go, go on site and winging it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and then <laughs> you just, you, you, I used to go, used to be so nervous when I was first become a surveyor. Like I used to come home with the biggest headaches and, so stressed because you're trying to you're just freaking out on everything and then i look yeah. back and laugh now like it's just hilarious but yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do now put it all into the computer yeah i don't leave it yeah i don't leave unless it's fully pre-calced and if i yeah. do like a detail survey and i'm not i don't have time i'll just buy enough plans to to work it all out You'll see on some occasions, I don't have time to prep a job at all. And I just kind of go to site with not even any search. And I just start looking for duplexes and like just yeah. looking for <laughs> looking for like just looking for any sort of remnants so I can work out a fix. I've been lucky a lot of a lot of jobs have been really lucky where I've done zero prep, gone to site, and you just you, oh, there's a duplex down the road. Oh, beautiful. Oh, that SSM should be teed into the teed into the yeah. boundaries and it's a couple of drill holes, and you get back to the office and you're like, yep. It's all, nice. that's exactly what it's all doing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm all about the pre-calcs. Like I love, yeah, I love being prepared and just what, um, them all. What programs do you use? Uh, just Magnet and Auto and Briscad, which is like the copycat of AutoCAD. It's, yeah, it's very cheap. Briscad is like $900 and you own it forever. And it's yeah. the Briscad version I bought. It's like a direct copy of, AutoCAD 2000, so it's got the drop-down menus. I hate the ribbon, so it's real. I, I, I like that you've got more screen to use, and because I know all the commands, I don't need to know. I don't want a ribbon. I just know. I know all the commands. I just that's all. I just need to know like ROCO, like MP, like yeah, all the all the main stuff. Like I don't do nothing too crazy. I'm not a great drafter, but I can I can match the crap out of properties. So that's that's <laughs> at the end of the day, it looks it looks fine. Like it's probably not the best the right way, but it's it, and, and the end product looks alright. So yeah. oh, well, that's all right and, then. <laughs> and and yeah, and magnets like magnets, magnet like it's buggy as as all hell. But at the end of the day, it's really good for calcs and yeah, um, that's all you use it for calcs and a DTM. So yeah, yeah. So you started your own business um, not that long ago. Um, oh. How many years ago was it? Uh, 2018 mm. in March. Yeah. yeah. So okay. we're coming up three. Yeah, two years. Yeah, you have two years. Come up three years in in Jan. Not yeah. again in March. I'm saying Jan. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. In three years of Jan, yeah, work that out. Jeez, yeah. No, that's our oh, birthday. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly, one day apart. I can't believe it. Did, so, um, um, when when you started, yeah. when, like when you started your business, um, mm. well, actually going back a bit, when you were working for other surveyors and stuff, and mm. we're getting mm. to you working overseas and stuff as well. Did you ever think that you would own your own business in Spain? Nah. No, not in surveying. No, I was kind of, I, I hated surveying at like after I finished TAFE and done about, I don't know, once I was probably four or five years deep, I started yeah. hating it. I didn't, okay. I didn't like it. I, I really hated it. I, um, I hated just, we kind of, the, the company got to the point where like, I just wasn't, I had no drive. Like I just, I really did. I had no drive. I just had no, like, I didn't really enjoy it. Like I wasn't finding it fun. Mm. I just, I don't know. I don't think it was a type of work or just 
not having enough responsibility, not seeing it from start to finish. Like, you know, like you get a lot of pre-calcs. And when I, when I moved to Brisbane, the, the company, when we moved to Brisbane, it was massive. Like you were just a surveyor. You were just, a, you just in the field five days a week. You didn't do any pre-calcs. You didn't do nothing. You might've reduced a bit of your survey and dumped it. And then they would have finished it off. Like, and then you just didn't get to see all aspects of it. And I just really didn't enjoy that one bit. So like it kind of, yeah, that's, and then just doing like, I'll never forget just doing detail after detail after detail. At the beginning we used to, when I was working, when it was Love Grow Oxford, we used to do a lot of cadastral, a lot of different stuff. So it was always every day we're doing, three jobs a day something every job was different so it was was, i really enjoyed them first five years i loved it but then after that i i kind of hit a bit of a lull until i moved um back to sydney and and started working at vince morgan and then it kind of started really enjoying it again because i started i kind of left my first company i kind of ever worked for so you were kind of always a chainy in some in, in your in your director's eyes even though you were a qualified surveyor then they always knew you as like not knew you, but that you would, that's where you started. And I kind of yeah. tell this to a lot of, a lot of people that I talk to. And I said, like, I feel like what's made me the surveyor is not staying with one company. I think moving around and mm-hmm. getting good exposure to different companies has made me what I am now. Like it's really opened my eyes up and, and, and you've adapted and learned different things over the, over the years. And, yeah. and I really take my hat off to when I went to Vince Morgan is, I went there as a surveyor. I was employed as a surveyor. I wasn't employed as a trainee. I was employed as a surveyor. So I just had to step up and really take a lot of initiative. And you were doing everything from start to finish from your search to job preps to you would just run, you would get it. You would get your five jobs. You'd prep them. And you, the boss would pretty much say to you, like, or Pete would just pretty much say to you, like, you just run your day. Like, that's it. You, I, don't, I don't care if you start this job first or this job last. Like, I just need these jobs done. So like, you just, you just kind of work them out and work out what was your best plan of attack and, you would save the easiest ones for me. I always like to save the easy jobs to the end of the day, like get the hard stuff out of the way. And then you can cruise in the afternoon, just doing a couple of easy jobs. Like that's my philosophy. So <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> get the stress out nice and early. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, all, I'm, always, I'm always about like eating on the go and like yeah. I don't stop. Like I just like to get yeah. it done and then I feel so much better than it's all done. And then you can relax or when you know you're kind of getting close to the end, it's, and you've got time up your sleeve, then I might stop it. You'll hardly see me stop for a big lunch or a long lunch. Like I just like to get it done and then I'll you you feel better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eat at the back of the truck or you eat, eat Maccas while you're driving and you've got, you've, you've got, you come out and you've got food all over you. And you just go under <laughs> the clients, like rubbing your shirt. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah. So you went Sydney, Brisbane, Sydney, and somehow you ended up over in England. Yes, yeah. So, um, so I met my wife when I was living up in Brizzy. Come down to Sydney for Christmas and and met her then, and then went back up to Brisbane for six months. Then kind of we kept in contact, and she kept coming up and visiting, and I was like not enjoying it. So I'd come back to Sydney, and then we decided after I think Vince Wong for two years, and we just like we want to travel, like we want to do this like mm. this England thing that every other bloody Aussie does. So. Um, we uh, packed up and and went and I kind of had in contact with a recruitment agent over there before I left. So I kind of mm-hmm. had teed up my interview with him as soon as I landed and um, got everything kind of sorted. And I pretty much sat down, met him, 
had my interview. Then they pretty much got me my white card, which was their equivalent, which was, a, I'm trying to think of what it's called now, but I had like some special card that was yeah. like, let me work on construction and and bits and pieces. And I had, and I never forget, I got this real special one that like kind of they stopped giving to people so easily. So I had this really high up supervisor's oh, safety cool. card. So nice. I could so yeah, I had this, yeah, it was, yeah. So I'll never forget that. And like, yeah, I remember Pick the- that my, one, huh? <laughs> yeah exactly I remember the foreman's that I was working for like how'd you get that card I'm like I don't know like just done the studying and yeah, it was just like a day course learning it and sat down like doing online tests and yeah got that and I had an interview within three days or four days of being in London and then sat down with um a Pommy foreman and of course they all loved Aussie surveyors and th- this guy would they had a good relationship with the Car- Carmichael which was a recruitment agent there in uh, London, England and um yeah, got offered the job and that was it. I just started um, with an, like on another site for like a couple of weeks, just getting my head around how they did things. But yeah. it was really funny because it's, I was working for an engineering company. Like they weren't surveyors. It was just engineering. Like, so like we're doing what they call site engineer. Right. So a site engineer, site engineer is like pretty much you're an engineer and you order concrete, you, 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 you program, you schedule and you set out. And then your senior engineer would do more of the, that uh, background engineering part of it. And you would do all the set out. You would just be doing all engineering set out. Okay. But they used, to, they used to love surveyors because we would be red hot at setting out. Like we were really yeah. good surveyors and really, really good surveyors, but shit engineers. But they didn't <laughs> care because they, you'd have a senior engineer in every job. So you didn't have to know everything about concrete and strengths and rebar. And like, I had no idea about any of it. Mm. So I didn't care for that. And I never forget or like asking them to give me like a robotic instrument um, when I was organizing the site that we're going to. Mm-hmm. And this is when the Viva TS-15 first come out. I was trying to get my hands on one of them to, to test it for the first time, but they didn't have much stock. So we got an, a, like a 1200 robotic and um, the contracts, what's his, what do they call themselves? The bloody contracts. At, no, what are they good? What are the contract contract administrator? Yeah, contract administrator organizes all the costings. Oh, the he's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going, he's going. Oh, it's going to cost us this much a week to hire this instrument. And I'm like, yeah, mate, but I don't need us. I don't need a survey assistant. They're like, what do you mean you don't need an assistant? I was like, the the instrument's robotic. It follows you around. You can do all your work by yourself. You just yeah. you might need a laborer to come help you here and there. And then he starts seeing like he's saying money because he's going, oh, hang dollar on, signs going dollar around. signs. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna this guy's gonna save us money. So then, so we got this instrument, started the job and they had no, no programs, no CAD. No, I, had, I was using AutoCAD Lite. That's all I had oh. as, at my disposal. Mm-hmm. And I got given, I got given five and a half thousand uh, CSV point file mm-hmm. of the job. <laughs> and that was it. So I, so I loaded that CSV, the whole five and a half thousand points into the controller then I could load them points into AutoCAD Lite and I could see what point numbers everything was. Yeah, yeah. And then and then what I used to do is I used to do my own little field notes of like areas that I wanted to set out for the day. And I used to know all my ref lines then. So that's how I used to, that's how I set the whole job out okay. pretty much. Yeah, it was really backwards. And I'm like, kept telling them like, you need to get us like this. And they're like, they didn't understand. Like they just thought, you well, you're getting it done. Why do we need to buy you like a better program? Yeah. So, but yeah, we got it done. And um, yeah, they used to think I was red hot. They used to think I was like the bee's knees. Like they just couldn't believe it. Like they're like, oh, look how good he is this guy. Look, you, like, and I was like, you just, I'm like, we're all like this. This is what happens. Like you use a robotic instrument. So yeah, it was really funny. And I used to have like, 
a few laborers that would come and help me like put pegs in or, or just help me for a couple of hours when you needed someone. And mm. then you, yeah, kind of by the halfway through the site, I was not surveying as much and more just kind of forming like a foreman role and like organizing concrete and organizing the day and just like running the site. And like, you could let your managers then, cause they were all from Ireland. So they used to like to dart off early on a Friday. Oh, and then yeah. it got to the point where, so it got to the point when then I was leaving on a Thursday because I knew that I could run the site on a Friday, Saturday. Yeah. So then you kind of look after the boys and it was really good. Like I really enjoyed it. We had like a crew of like 10. There was 10 yeah. of us on the site, a really small crew. And it was us six days a week, every week. And it was just really good family. And yeah, it was really good fun. Nice. So, so that was just mainly all construction kind of work over there. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we, we, we built the Olympic Olympic Village transport now. So it was just like three three big roads, like yeah. about 300 metres long that could park all the buses mm-hmm. and all the athletes would rock up, get out of the bus and then go off to where they had to go or get picked up from there and get taken out. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to convert it into a school after that. So it was all going to get demolished and then turned into a school. So we've done a lot of groundworks, a lot of deep drainage uh, right. to get the site set up for later on. Yeah. And um yeah, we yeah, and that's when we built that drainage backwards. So we built it all um, high to low. Is it a low to high? Because the lowest point was a fifteen metre deep culvert that we had to get to, mm-hmm. and they hadn't got the permits yet to dig that deep, and we had to get oh. all these special permits. And so it took months for us to get the permits to to dig this. So um, yeah, we we kind of everybody was a bit nervous when we were finishing off and teeing into that because they yeah. didn't know it was going to work or not, and Did it work? we got it to work. Yeah, it worked, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, uh, yeah, I was there for a year, there for a year. Um, I worked for nine and a half months and then they wanted to take me on to the next site that they finished and because you could, yeah, they wanted to take me to the next site and then um, I was like, well, we, it started to warm up, we're going travelling. So we just pretty much like finished up our rents where we were staying in, in England and drove around England for two weeks and then we done three months of travelling uh, all over Europe. So, yeah, and then Chose came home. Come back to Australia. Yeah, like I look back and then I wish. When did you get back to Australia? What uh, what's that? When, when was the London Olympics? 2011, wasn't it? 2011, yeah. Was it 2011? Yeah. So yeah, June 2011, back mm-hmm. in to Sydney. And then I got a job within a week in the mines. And that was it. So I kind of flew back in, seen all my friends for a bit and, and family. And then that was it. I was back out. I was at the Western Australia within a week um, oh, okay. in the mines. Yeah. So FIFO? Yeah, FIFO. Yeah, FIFO, FIFO. I never forget. FIFO, FIFO. I think exactly. Ipping. Yeah, well, that's what I kept showing everybody my passport when I was overseas. <laughs> And I'm like, how would you pronounce his name? They're like, oh, that's Ipping, Ipping. And I'm like, oh, yeah. My grandfather used to always say Iping, but I think when he moved, come over from the Netherlands, that's how they pronounce it was Iping. So he was like, oh, well, we're in Australia now. Let's let's be Australian. Like, they, yeah, that was it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I don't really care. You call me Ipping, Iping. I don't, I don't care, whatever others matter. So, yeah. So I didn't actually know what FIFO was. I thought it was like a ticket you needed or something. I was like, I can't get any of these jobs. You all need FIFO. And I'm like, what's this FIFO? Oh. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I had no idea what it was. And I, I kept saying to my wife, going, Bill, like, I need to get, I don't know if we're going to get this ticket to get this FIFO. And then I finally worked out that it meant fly in, fly out. I'm like, oh, well, that's what that, oh, we don't need to get that. <laughs> that's just easy. And, yeah, so. So that was yeah. in the mines. What kind of um, work? 
we um, it was all, all just all construction. So there's, they had a lot of they had like how they kind of set up in the mines. They have like a team that would do all the earthworks, like a, like a survey division, like mm-hmm. survey um, civil contractors do all the earthworks and then get all the footings done. And then that company would leave, and it okay. would just be a site. It'd just be a site with pad footings everywhere. Like I'm talking 500 meters of pad footings just everywhere. And then that in that would get another contractor, which would be more structural mechanical and yeah. just land all the steel work on. So I was, we mainly done all that. Like I, I kind of, yeah, pretty much every site I went to, we didn't do any, any, any civil work. It was like groundworks were done. We were just landing steel. So it was anything between conveyor belts, crane alignments, conveyor alignments, um, verticality, like yeah. set out, hold down bolt checks. Yeah. Um, then like all vessel and pipe checking and just making sure like all these modules that would land, we would land modules and get them set level. And then we would measure and as build all the key pipes network, out mm-hmm. the ins and outs. And then we could check that to the data to what they were designed to and make sure that the next module was going to fit. And if it wasn't going to fit, we could then inform boiler makers that they had to start modifying pipes and making it all work. So yeah. Yeah, so it was like, it was really, I really enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun. Like, I really enjoyed the mines. Like, the the work was really good and very challenging. Like, the first site I went to, the surveyors had already left. And so, I got an introductory by the survey company on site, showed me the control, showed me the programs. They had jiggers there. And he was only there for a day and then he left. And then that was it. I just had to start. It was just lucky that the site was finishing up. So, it wasn't so chaotic. It wasn't like everybody was in a rush. Everybody was quite forgiving, knew that you were learning the site. So, they just... They weren't on your ass going, well, we need you here. Like it was kind of like once I got my rhythm and knew what was going on and what jobs I was doing and how I was doing stuff, it was pretty cruisy for three months. And, you, and then the only one there or you would, when you would fly yeah, out? Yeah, I was the only surveyor there. So like, yeah. yeah, when I would fly out for my week, they had no surveyor for the week, but they could okay. easily manage it. The site was yeah. pretty much like 80% complete when I, when I got there mm-hmm. and that was a copper mine. And it was like, yeah, it was, we met, I met a lot of guys there that I didn't see for another two years until I got to like my fourth site. And then you run into all the same guys you met <laughs> from that first. Yeah. It was, it's really small world in the mines. Like people were coming from all over, all over Australia and you yeah. then you get, yeah. So that was pretty funny. And then the company that I was contracting to, they had no more work for me, but the, the, um, the survey manager was like, Oh, give this guy a call. He's got a company. I know him real well. Tell him, you know, me and pretty much just gave this guy a phone call and, we had like a 10 minute chat just on the phone about what I was doing. And that was it. He's like, yeah, mate, real good to go. Like come and come back to Perth. I'll organize your flights, get you all sort of for inductions. And that was it. We just started another, once you got your foot in the door, that's it. People, you were good. People knew that you knew what flying flight was. You you knew the conditions, you knew what the work style was. So I think people knew that you weren't going to just go and leave. You were hungry. You wanted more of that work. So yeah. That worked out. That, that was the main reason why I took that job in the first place because I knew that it was my foot in just to, to give it a go and see if I liked it or not. Mm. So, so yeah. yeah pretty and, full on doing that though. It, it is, yeah. It was three weeks on, one week off. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I, yeah, I've done that for nearly three years. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So, and then we got you married. that long. <laughs> I know, I know. So we, so we saved up for the wedding, paid for the wedding, and then got married. And then I've probably done like another uh, maybe six or seven months after we got married. I was in the mines, and I think I seen Belle for 
30 days and six months. Yeah, 30 days and six months. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just Great way to start. Around, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, we, we talk about it all the time. We have a joke about it because she used to just cook herself two meals for the week and have big batch meals. And then she, yeah. she had a, she goes, I was in the best routine. Like, and every time I used to fly home, I would disturb her. Like, yeah, I would disturb her routine. Like I had all the, cause I, cause I wasn't working. You come home and you got, you're not doing nothing. So you're like, Oh, sleep in or let's go do this or let's go out tonight and have dinner. And she's like, Oh, I'm tired. I've got to work tomorrow. Like, and you was like, well, I'm off. Like, let's go. Let's go. Uh, so yeah, that was completely different funny. schedules. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. But so then, no, you, I really so then you did that, and came back, just drinking. Came red back, wine, finishing his. Yeah, just drinking red wine. Yeah, finishing <laughs> my glass. Yeah, yeah. So came back again, seen a job with Rygate Savos. Uh, within a week, again, like I don't think I've been out of job for more than a week in surveying. Like I yeah. just feel like it's, yeah. if you can't find a job in our trade, like I don't know. Like I just feel like it's so easy to. There's always jobs. There's always you look at if you go and seek right now. There's always jobs for surveyors. Like that's the beauty about it. So, um, started with them, and I spent maybe just over three years uh, with them, uh, and then doing a lot of construction work again because I've come from the construction background. I remember going doing a detail survey. And I remember never forget selling to um, to, to Greg Frith going. I've never haven't done a detail survey in like six years. He's like, Dave, you know, it's like riding a bike. You, you, you won't forget it. Like, and they just pretty much gave me, gave me a DP. They go, we'll do the search for you this time, but then you can do the search next time. Like, I couldn't remember how to do the search. Like, you kind of lost, you've forgotten a lot of that, that kind of bits and pieces. And I never forget, rocked up to site, pulled out the DP. And it, like you said, it was just like, boom, you're in you're in cadastral mode again. You're like looking for marks and for marks, off you went. And lines, there's all the... The occupation, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was really funny how much he was right. It's muscle memory. Once you mm -hmm. once you've done it enough, like, and I can, and I, and I think me having that cadastral background for the first six years of my career was really good because it's it's been embedded. Like all the all the oc fixing and just traversing and just all the the key fundamental stuff that you need to know for cadastral. Like you don't forget it. Like it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And then so yeah. And I really, I, I really enjoyed it at Rygates. Like we had a lot of, like I had never seen fixes so hard in my life. Like I'd been always doing cream, like not easy new subdivisions, but like Vince Morgan, a lot of new subdivisions where we would just, we would come in and start starting from scratch. And it was very rare. You'd go and do an old fix. Like you'd always be doing a lot of newer stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then coming, coming to Rygates, we're like, you're going into Balmain and Lilyfield and, and Potts Point and, just places that you were just struggling to to work it all out. And I never forget going back to the office and I was so patient with you. Like you would spend days in the office calculating these boundaries and mm -hmm. trying to work it out and forever asking questions and going to, going to see the directors and um, Al Doyle and um, Greg Frith used to always go in the office and chat to him and just be like, uh, you're just always asking for like, get to get your um to work out what you've got to do. And I, I learned, I learned a lot more about, cadastral surveying like and i never forget going to do i never never measured a terrace in my life never never done a terrace style party wall survey never knew you didn't know what a stratum easement was i had no idea what a stratum was i'd never seen it before yeah, so okay. like all these kind of stuff all this kind of stuff i never seen until i was working at rygate so yeah, yeah and then you so i never forget the first one i went to greg took me out with him and he hadn't been out, I don't think he'd been out of sight for like 20 years. I think he'd been, in, not on site, like measuring, but like 
he's been a director for a long time in that company. Like, I don't think he's been on the tools. And my God, I couldn't keep up with him. I'm just, he's just like, all right, so just measure this point here, measure this point here, measuring the tape, distos out, off he goes. And he just knew every little key aspect to measure to get them boundaries perfect on them party walls. And I'm sitting there trying to write it all down. And these field notes are so messy. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like, <laughs> yeah, and, um, I think um, the, the the older guys have really got some um, oh, they, pretty cool qualities, don't they, when it comes to the professional surveying? Their their knowledge, of, I call it I call it the force. Their knowledge of the force is just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And yeah. I know one of, one of my friends, Sharon, she'll still call uh, Al Doyle, and he's he's retired now. He's uh-huh. retired. He gave up and He's retired now from Rygates, and that, I know she still calls him sometimes for like questions. Like he's so knowledgeable. Like he's that's the thing. They're all knowledgeable. They've all they've just seen it all. They've been from the from the start of it pulling chains to now seeing the technology fair enough they haven't been using the technology but they've they they have this yeah it's crazy yeah so and i find something that, you... that most of them that don't um that don't go out in the field they're still quite happy to um to to help you because they have that passion. Oh. Oh, 100%. They still got that passion. They still, they still love it. That's the thing. I think lot, most, nearly all my directors I've worked for over the years, they're, they're like even um, Greg Oxley, he's still working. He's oh, yeah. still working out at, at, at Love Grove. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. yeah so, like, yeah, he'd be coming up to retirement soon, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, same as Peter Warwick. He's at Vince Morgan there. And it's really funny that they all know each other. Like they all went to uni with each other. Yeah. Or, that's the thing about it. Like you think how small the industry is, like they all know each other from freaking when they were teenage or not teenage, but when they were like in yeah. their 20s, you yeah, know? Really yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, um, it definitely is a, a, an old profession. Exactly. It is. Definitely. Definitely. And so, you ask young, young, yeah. hip, young, hip. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know if I can call myself that, but <laughs> yeah, 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 you can. You're only, you're only, yeah, it's what's in here. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's it. yeah. <laughs> your um, your business, um, you've been going for a couple of years. Um, we've been in that pandemic. Um, I'm sort of been talking about that a little bit. What um, mm. have you had some challenges coming into this year? Uh, with your yeah, the biggest the biggest thing that's pissed not pissed me off, but the biggest thing that was annoying is we spent. So Adam from ADB three D, who I do a lot yeah. of work with together, we we put five grand up for the Sydney Build Expo. So we we're going to, I reckon, we we're going to be the smallest business at the Sydney Build Expo. We we wanted that we were going to we put our money in. We started buying all our flyers and pamphlets and, and banners, and we were building up for this March mm-hmm. Sydney Build. And we, we couldn't believe, like, we were looking at all the companies going to be there and we're like, we're going to show these big boys, like, who's here? And we were so pumped. And then COVID hits and they cancelled it. They cancelled this, uh, shut, shut it down and we didn't get our money back. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a, that was a, we, we had all these envisions of, because we'd started, about been about together nearly eight months prior working. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, let's push this now and really try to market it and, and build some clientele in, in this 3D uh, realm and um, yeah, that was a, that was really annoying because we had all these high hopes and dreams for this for this year and that kind of comes. So then 
we've still worked together and do stuff, but it's just, um, we've just been taking on anything and everything really like, and because of what the current scenario is, I've just been taking on any job that comes in. If it's so like, I'm not, if people don't want 3D, well, that's what Adam and I have just said that. We're like, well, we've got to keep ourselves alive. So like we just take on anything until it, 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 until we can start focusing the companies back to where we want it to go. So we have done a few, we've done a few 3D jobs this year, but nothing as much as we've, we've done more the year before. Okay. Like when we first, when we first met, like we kind of, um, yeah. So then that was like, like I've got a lot of small detail surveys over the over this yeah. time, this pandemic. Like a lot of people looking at renovating, yeah. but trying to tell an architect that they want a three D model off their house is just no. That nobody wants to pay any more money than the basic two D two D output. So because yeah, you're talking, I know about that mums and dads that don't have a lot of money, and some may have been, you know, put down from their jobs. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I think now that if it's not actually needed, like if it's not an actual like specific requirement by council like and a lot of architects are still happy to draw in sketch up or do the 3d themselves so like it doesn't matter like it still go do a conventional detail so that's no problem to do them with my eyes closed now so like they're good bread and butter jobs like i quite enjoy them like i used to hate them doing them for a company but doing them for myself now i quite like them because i've done so many challenging aspects in 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 surveying it's quite nice to kind of just go to site and not even turn my brain on i can I can make a phone call and talk for two hours on the phone to anybody or what do you know what I mean? I can, I feel like I'm. Or do your Instagram yeah. video. Do my Instagram. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Do my videos. <laughs> carry on. Yeah. That's where it all started. Yeah. So yeah, just do my videos and be a bit of a Muppet and carry on and, and um, yeah, just try to make a bit of fun for it. All my mates give me shit saying, you must have so much time up your sleeve. And I'm like, no, nah, you just, you, you get quick at it. And then, and then my, my sister's going me, how many times do you, record yourself until you're happy with it i said i just do it i said if i make a mistake or i pick my nose or if i say <laughs> something wrong i just i just leave it like it's just keep it raw like it, it, that's it yeah. i can't be bothered retaking it again and checking the angle or oh there's food <laughs> in my face i'll oh, stuff it doesn't matter it's going to be gone in 24 hours so, or looking up your nose <laughs> yeah exactly looking up my nose yeah exactly yeah, there now. Good. No, i can't say anything <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, so, yeah that, that's, so you work with another surveying company at times as well. Mm. Yeah, so I've kind of, it's really funny. So there's a few, there's three of us, mm-hmm. we all worked at Rygates. Now we've all got separate ah, companies. Okay. Yeah. So so one of them is Complete Precision, uh, which is Addy, and I've worked with him, known him since Rygate days. And another company, I don't do much, I don't do any work with them, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite close to what I'm quite close to them is um, they're called Geodesy. They're another company. Okay. And one of the direct, one of the directors there, Robbie, uh, we went to TAFE together. So right. I've known him since the start of when I started surveying. So it's kind of, it's really funny actually. And I'll never forget, it was only about two months ago, three months ago, he sent me a photo of one of the boys that he's partnered up with it's a Queensland company, not Queensland company, it's a Queensland surveyor, come from Queensland. Mm-hmm. And when I was in Queensland, they used to stencil all their pegs, all their stakes, they used to stencil them. So you do your lot numbers in stencil and everything was always in stencil. You weren't allowed to use a pen on your final pegging. Yeah. So he got these all these pegs made up with these big G's, this Jodicey G stenciled into their stakes. <laughs> so like, it was like, you could you could tell that that was their company that put the pegs in. Yeah. And I went and done the, and I went and done the detail survey and the neighbours were fighting because one of them had pulled a retaining wall down. 
And so what, the other neighbor got the boundaries marked and this other guy that I was doing the detail survey for, he, he got me to come back on the way home. He goes, oh, they've got a couple of questions. Are you in the area? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm in the area. I'll just swing past. It was only five minutes from home. And he's like, starts asking me about like, oh, I've had these other surveyors come and mark some boundaries and put some pegs in. And do, do you know if they're right or is there a way you can check it? I was like, yeah, look, we can, we can, I've already got the boundaries fixed from your detail. Like we can, we can check them. And I started walking up with him and there's a peg with a, with a, with a G <laughs> on it. <laughs> oh, and I said to him, oh, mate, them pegs are perfect. I know that's the way now. And it feels really funny because I never forget working with all the other companies. Everybody would look at, they all look at their DPs and go, oh, it's done by this person. Yeah. Oh, you better get some extra, better get some extra shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so I rang him up and I was like, Robbie, I, you wouldn't believe what happened, blah, blah, blah. He goes, oh, what did you do? I said, I pulled the nail out and moved at five mil. That was our, that was our little joke. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Go on, take your five mil, don't they, on a boundary? Oh, I, oh tell me about it. I, 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 I stay away from them jobs. If anybody rings me and they say they yeah. want to know where their fence is because I don't even take them. I don't, I don't want them. Not that I can't do them. There's, there's just... It's just they're not the right when you're doing a detail survey for someone renovating, everybody's happy. They're all like, Oh yeah, we're gonna be renovating and yeah. and like the client, all your clients are like really happy to see you. And like it's just like, yeah, like why do you want to be there and get watched and everybody get angry that you're gonna give them the wrong information or wrong the answer they don't they don't want to know? Oh, yeah. forget it. Yeah. Oh. Um yeah, they're not enjoyable, those jobs, are they? The- Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I'll stay away from them. No, yeah. I don't, don't need them. No. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. Tune in next week to listen to part two of Dave's story. Defining boundaries with Peter Cox.